<laughs> oh, oh yes. man. We have, we have these lists of terrible songs, right? We're going to get into that. <laughs> oh, man. Did you, do you have your list or are you working on it right now? Oh, I don't, I don't even have to go because, like I said, some Wikipedia like, did a good – it, yeah. yeah, it's like, I mean, even though <laughs> – I mean, Love Shack was the main one that got in my freaking head. And even – it's not on the list, but damn it, that's one that comes to my head. As soon as I hear that song, come on. I, I just, just want – I want to punch somebody. Yeah, that rip I was telling you about where I ripped on that song on Instagram, I, that I actually did put that on my feed, so I just sent it to you. That one was a. I got a lot of comments on that one too. So in defense a, of, of of Love Shack, <laughs> not too many people in defense. I think I think a lot of people were, were really cracking up at the lyrics because they never really pay attention. I was ripping on something. Right. But anyway, it, it's good fun. That, that that song's in my top five. And look, this top five is not subject. I mean, it, it, it's it's subject to change. I mean, I may come up with other songs <laughs> that are not in this top five. But right now, these are the ones that are off the top of my head. And I'll, I'll, we, can, we can just go one-on-one. I'll say one, you say one. We get through our fives or get through how, however many we have on this list. But I think we can both agree that Tom Jones' Pussycat is up there. It may be number one, but it's definitely in the top three. <laughs> and I ripped off that song recently, or yesterday, actually, on Instagram. That, that, is, that is an atrocious song. And the first time I ever heard it, I was a teenager in Atlantic City with my parents. And everywhere you went, that stupid fucking song was on. You're walking the halls, it's on. You're walking by some restaurant, it's on. You're at the table, it's on. And it was just, it, it's one of those horrific songs that just gets burned in your memory too, where now you can't forget it. So it's replaying in your head. I'm trying to see if I can actually pull it up. <laughs> just, <laughs> just so we can piss off our listeners. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the worst part of the song the whoa I'm like, Dude, are you? <laughs> it is it is i was like i'm like are you okay it's like what the fuck <laughs> like dude are you all right Jeez, i don't even want I, mean, I, wanna... I, I that's one of the few songs i've ripped on where i, I can't even get it out i just start cracking up <laughs> oh that was the best that was the best watching you trying to read the lyrics <laughs> and you kept you kept messing up pussy <laughs> I can't get this out. I can't do it because oh. I would look at it before I say it and I'd start laughing. Oh man! <laughs> Could you hear that? No, I can't. You know, let me play it on my phone because sometimes it won't play on the computer. Yeah, hold on. Now I gotta find this song. And now I just tortured myself because it was playing through my my AirPods right now, and all I hear is "Whoa, whoa, oh god!" What just? Why did I do that to myself? <laughs> this is this is one of those songs. You, know, you, you, you ever listen to a song that's so? Bad? Like, what was it? And like, what was he thinking about when he was doing this? Like, yeah, exactly. What, what was going through his mind in the studio? Like, this is gonna be a hit, or you know what? This is a joke. And the next thing you know, it becomes a hit. You're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe anyone hears this song and they actually like it. They're like, "Oh yeah, man!" Turn yeah, it that's my jam, man. <laughs> turn that up, like no, do not. <laughs> that's some creepy shit man that, uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, 
this song this song sounds like something some uh, some it's, it's borderline rapey okay <laughs> it's, it's some creepy shit man like, when, he, when he wrote these lyrics out and started singing this he should have he didn't think it was either a sign of the times where people just didn't think about it the same way they do now. Because remember, look, I remember flying on Pan Am Airlines as a kid. Yeah, so uh, that Pan tells you everything Am. you need to know. They were smoking cigarettes on your flight, bro. Yeah, they were smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and when the flight, a, tapping the, the flight, uh, flight attendants on the ass when they walked yeah, by. No, no, no. When the flight attendant would go talk to a guy, take his drink order in first class, he would have his hand around her waist while he's talking exactly. to her, and sometimes a lot more than that, like pat her oh. ass. Call her just, I, I, women just felt like they had to put up with that shit at that time at least at least from what i saw so they would right. just try to laugh it off but even as a kid i was like that's fucked up you know what this guy's doing. <laughs> right. I, I didn't sit there and think oh cool you know i can't wait till i'm getting older so i can do that <laughs> you're like you know i don't know much but i know that's not right yeah <laughs> Straight yeah. Up. yeah and you could see actually that the person is uncomfortable if you're actually paying attention but these guys don't give a fuck you know they're just creepy dudes they're just thinking about right. whatever they want to do but I mean, most of the time, people's look. We communicate with our bodies way more than with language. Yeah, and there it is. Yes. I mean, come on, you, you really can't body really, language, bro. When I'm talking to someone and they're bored as shit, it's not like that. I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. And I know, like, or okay, this conversation's over, or there, or something's triggered. You know, you can see all of that in someone. Right. <laughs> I think one of the ways to set off these songs is to actually read the lyrics first before we say what it is and <laughs> okay. and it's let people like okay so first of all here we go <clears throat> Ooh, that dress so scandalous and you know another in couldn't handle it see you shaking that thing like who's the ish with a look in your eye so devilish oh you like to dance at all the hip-hop spots and you cruise to the cruise like connect the dots now just urban she's like the pop because she was living la vida loca She's got dumps like a truck, 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 thighs like what, what, what? Baby, move your butt, butt, butt. I think I'll sing it again. <laughs> so help me out. Uh, where, where, where are you playing this? Are you playing it through your computer or are you playing it on? No, your I'm phone? playing it from my. That's my phone. I'm playing. For, I'm playing through okay, Spotify. I'm not hearing anything, so maybe it's. Oh, oh, you know what? I think what it ended up doing. Oh, son of a bitch. I think it picked up my um <clears throat> my AirPods. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, okay. that's probably why. <laughs> I'm yeah. sitting like, oh, so I just suffered in, in all that by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very good. All right. Whatever you're listening to is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what it did. Okay, I see what it did. Basically, okay, so I I Spotify was on my computer and it picked it up from my phone. So it would let the so that's what it ended up doing. Because I'm sitting there, why is Tom Jones still sitting here <laughs> on my phone? And that's not what I played. <laughs> basically the song is the thong song by cisco <laughs> <laughs> all right let me see if i can find it on my end with my build i'll be i'll be the dj of all these songs yeah because mine keeps picking it keeps picking up on my my airpods man Won't yeah yeah off. okay here we go <laughs> devilish uh, you like the dance on the hip-hop spot to the cruise to connect the dots, not just urban, she liked the pop, cause she was living la vida loca, she had dumps like a truck, 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 guys like what, what, baby move your butt, butt, I think I'll sing it again, she had dumps like a truck, truck, guys like what, all night long, let me see. <laughs> 
this seems like the beginning of a trend where people just repeat the same word over again. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was with Carol at the encore and all this crappy music in the background at the pool. And it was, every song was, and I'm never going to forget you, 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 you. <laughs> And we're going to keep going and have fun, 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 fun. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I was like, what, the what is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, does anyone ever talk like this in real life? Hey, we're going to go have a good time, 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 time. time. <laughs> just said one time, all right? One good time. Oh. I don't need to have a good time, time, time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just stutter, mother? <laughs> <laughs> That's what oh. happens People come if they run out of lyrics. I remember Billy right. Idol, that, that, that song by I actually like this song too. Billy Idol, Don't Need a Gun. And there's a there's a part of the song, he goes, Gotta move on, flip, flum, fly. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, at that moment, he's probably sitting there thinking, like, man, this song's awesome. I got these great lyrics. Then it got to that point, and he goes, Man, I don't, I don't know what to say at this point. <laughs> yeah, we oh, gotta shit. move on, flip, flum, fly. <laughs> <laughs> what makes it even worse is in a British accent. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I go, man, I need to see the lyrics for that song. I'm trying, I wonder what he's saying. And then when I saw the lyrics, I go, oh, okay, that's what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, rip, rock, rye, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, man. All right, what do you got? Okay, so number two is continuing your theme let me find the lyrics here real quick this won't take long the lyrics may not be that bad for this song it's just cringe the lyrics may be uplifting but let's see here these these lyrics are not a i mean the lyrics are corny but they're not atrocious so i'm not going to waste too much time reading any of them but the song is starships nothing's going to stop oh dude okay (laughs) let me say this though let me say this because uh, I knew um, when I did this list of like the worst songs ever, <laughs> the funny thing is there's a star- there's a Starship song on the list. <laughs> and so for the 70s and 80s, one of the worst songs ever is We Built This City by Starship. <laughs> it's on there. It is on that list. <laughs> and I thought about you. <laughs> knee deep in the hoopla. I'm like, knee deep, knee deep in the what? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, this, this, nothing's going to stop us now. This, this song was in a horror Mannequin. 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 Yes, Mannequin. My brother Roger and I saw Mannequin in the theater when it came out. We were teenagers. I hey, dude, you know Mannequin. you had the glasses. You know you had the Meshach Taylor glasses, know, dude. Roger, Roger hates this song, my brother, because he associates <laughs> it with the first terrible movie he ever saw in the theater. So he always makes that. <laughs> God, I'm going to say you are crazy. <laughs> no, that's the part that's really cringy, the way she says that. Let him say we're crazy. Like, okay, <laughs> you sound like you're crazy the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's the story I have with this. I was at a Tony Robbins seminar, and that alone is funny, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about it. Oh my, Because I've been, I mean, I, my, I attended one with my wife, but I wasn't there. But, you know, after 15, 15 hours, she would kind of give me a debrief of what they did for 15 fucking hours that day. I went to that three-day one. I think it's... Yeah, unusual. that's what she went to. Yeah, when she walked across the coals and all that. Yeah, yeah, walking across coals, all that bullshit. All right, all right. right. So this is 1998 or so. This is when I was right. in network marketing bullshit. Of course, I'm involved with network marketing to end up at a fucking Tony Robbins seminar. <laughs> anyway, I'm over there, and towards the end, they tried to create this... 
this really artificial emotional moment, right? Where people are hugging strangers and some people are crying and they're having these emotional outpouring. And it was really creepy because it, it felt totally contrived to me. It didn't feel organic at all. And this fucking song came on and there was no escape. I go, I'm, I, I, once I heard the first note of this song, I go, I need to get the fuck out of here. But it was so crowded in there that, and I was near the front that there was no way I was going to make it to the back door, you know, before before this song was over. So I was there just you trying to escape before the song. I was like, I got to get out of here before. Hey. And everybody's trying to hug you on the way out, like, come here, give me a hug. <laughs> like, what in the cult bullshit is going on right and now? Typical guy behavior. I didn't do this, but I'm saying typical guy behavior. Once they realized that it was going to be a hugging fest, all of a sudden guys start moving around <laughs> like musical chairs. You know, they're trying to, they're, they're scoping the room looking for attractive women. Like, exactly. Oh, they're, they're just trying to position themselves to make sure they're not next to another guy. <laughs> yeah, like, Tony's about to tell me that to go hug three people next to me. So I want to make sure I'm next to these three women over here. You know? <laughs> I hug three people and tell them something nice about them. It's like, well, look, I don't know this person. Okay. <laughs> right. Whatever I say, they come off really superficial and fake. So hey, I rather look, not- <laughs> like, look, hey, at least you didn't commit suicide right now. Okay. So you're, <laughs> okay. You're still here. So there's, there's still a chance. Oh, bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, this is one of those cringe songs, man. It's just. <laughs> And I got, I got a few more of these, but let, let's pass it back to you. What do you have next? <laughs> oh, man. I, with this group, I didn't even know where to start. They just have so many. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, and trust me, it's like the general consensus usually agrees with me on this one when it comes to this group. But uh, I, I don't even want to like read the lyrics because it'll give it away right off the bat. So I'm just going, hopefully the song will play this time. Yeah, you can just turn your Bluetooth off on your phone if it keeps going yeah. to AirPods. I don't even know why it came up because it wasn't even on that time. Sometimes that happens with my headphones too. I don't have the earbuds, but I've got other ones where if it's anywhere, if it's on and it's near my phone, it always goes right to that. You're messing up my, my, my moment right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I don't even want it on there. So yeah, so basically it's just pick a Nickelback song. Okay, it's Nickelback. <laughs> All right, which one is it? What the hell is that on Tom's head? <laughs> what? <laughs> the reason why I had to pick that song because the video is just as crappy. Here, <laughs> when I think when I hear Nickelback, I think of being in a strip club. <laughs> Every fucking song. Including the one you just played. Is Motley Crue or Nickelback? I've heard probably every Nickelback song you can imagine as a strip club at one point or another. And the best, the most on the nose one that I've heard at a strip club, and I'm surprised it's not played more often, is that song, that song Shaking Hands, where it's basically about a fucking stripper who has high level clients. What? You make, you make six figures working three days a week. You know, that's a little Damn. She didn't get to where she is by shaking hands. Like, oh, my God. That's, that sounds terrible. So bad. They got the worst lyrics. You know what's funny? Uh, the best Nickelback song I ever heard was them covering ZZ Top, Well-Dressed, Sharp-Dressed Man. That was actually, wow. really good. It was actually a really good cover. But it was someone else's song. Well, the... the, the um, Pretty much one of their own songs that was like pretty good was um 
it's about as close to as a rock song as you're gonna get. Now I can't even fucking think about it, uh, remember it. I just remember basically he's banging the girl in his car, <laughs> like if, like and basically he's pretty much saying he's almost like saying, telling the dad like yeah I'm banging your daughter in the car so whatever. <laughs> um, damn, what is the name of the damn song? Oh my god, I guess it's kind of good. I don't know it like that. <laughs> remember it? <laughs> oh man, I just. I just know she's like on a stick shift. She's basically like they're getting down and like, he's basically saying like, what would your dad say if he knew that his daughter was on her knees or something like that? I was like, well, damn, <laughs> I almost feel like they got pressure to make a song like that. <laughs> just to show like, look, man, we're not that bad. Come on. <laughs> oh God. I wish I remember that. I know somebody right now is listening to the show and they're like, dude, it's so-and-so like, of course you know it. Calm down. <laughs> God, right. which one is it? <laughs> But yeah, that's probably like the only song that I could really tolerate from them at that time. And somehow this dude bagged, he ended up marrying Avril Lavigne. It's like, and that's probably for some girl that's, you know, labeled as being so punk at that time. That's probably the least punk thing she ever did was marry Chad. What's his face? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. God. Now it's going to bother me and I can't remember that damn song now. <laughs> listening, listening to some of these songs, is, it's almost as irritating as a stranger telling you to smile when you're out there running your errands. Right. <laughs> smile. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> uh, I have this whole list. Uh, I did this one clip where I talk about words that you know no man should use. <laughs> Let me pull it up here. We're going to make a little bit of a tangent. I'll get through this one clip quickly. Moist. hun hun i can't stand when dudes say hun like dude what are you doing yeah yeah. actually a friend of ours uses i know i know i'm I'm gonna leave his name out of this one (laughs) here's words mitch never use okay booty hooters and knockers tummy skinny Going to the loo. <laughs> the <laughs> loo. That's so you. That's so European. <laughs> never talk about it. Look, when a female says it, that's okay. But when a guy says he's going to the loo, that's not okay. All right. And no guy should ever say he wants to be skinny. You want to be lean. You want to be ripped. You want to be healthy. That's all fine. Skinny, no. All right. Don't talk, don't talk about your fat tummy. All right. You got a you got, you got, you got a gut. Let's use. You got a real gut, word. man. Come on. Let's use some more. Tummy is something that a six-year-old kid says when his, when his tummy is I have a tummy ache. Yeah, no, no, no man. You, no, you got gas tummy. and diarrhea when you're a grown man, dude. <laughs> you have a huge gut. It's not. It's not a tummy anymore. All right. It's a gut. <laughs> Hooters oh, just sounds like something an 80-year-old man says when he's flirting with the waitress. I mean, when I hear Hooters, all I can think about is Al Bundy and married <laughs> with children. Like, Hooters. <laughs> and booty? No, 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 no. We got to say ass or glutes. <laughs> right? We want to get real technical here. We're going to be like, hey, man, she's got great glutes. That's way better than saying booty. It's like pushing like, oh, booty down. All those years I <laughs> metal bell seminars, I never, I never said, all right, Push folks, your booty out. Hey, dude, just just even say it. I go, my voice goes into automatic, like Richard Simmons mode. <laughs> Push your booty out. Come on. <laughs> I almost want to say animals. That's what the Nickelback song was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was about the only, they're only saving grace. Is there one rock moment that they had? <laughs> You know what's funny? The band, especially the lead guitarist, he looks like he works at Foot Locker. <laughs> yeah. He's, a, he's, our, he's our, the least 
rock star looking guys. Oh my god, a little bit, right? But the other guys in the band, you can rock, you can walk right by those guys on the street. It, it, no one's gonna recognize these guys. I mean, oh. the lead guitarist, he looks like oh, that was not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh I don't man. know why. I don't know why Locker came to mind. It just, it just seemed, it just seemed like we, the, right, the right place, and, and, the right one to bring and can up. We, and can we just say that when you go to Foot Locker, those are usually the most non-athletic looking people you've ever seen in your life. Like nothing about them says, sell me something athletic. Okay. Uh yeah, you're you're more athletic, you're more likely to see someone who looks athletic working at JC Penny <laughs> than you are than you are at Footlock. You know what I think of when I hear when I think of JC Penny? Remember that movie Officer and a Gentleman? Where right. uh, Gears friend, best friend in the movie. Uh, he basically decides to marry this girl who he thinks is pregnant, but he doesn't want to be in the Air Force anymore, so he's quit mm-hmm. that. And he's like, hey, baby, we're going to move back to Iowa or wherever the fuck he's from, Idaho. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to get my old job at JCPenney. And what, once he says, I'm going to get my old job at JCPenney, you can just see this horrific look on her face. Oh, she, like, she automatically had a miscarriage on the spot. Yeah, she's right like, there. wait a minute, I want to marry a pilot. You know, she's just trying to trap this guy. She's not even pregnant. But she's like, I just want to marry. She's like, I want to marry a pilot. She's like, I thought right. you were on your way to be a pilot. I don't want to marry some guy works at <laughs> I don't want I don't want to marry the guy from housewares what are you talking about <laughs> you're not even in the men's department dude you're in housewares at JCPenney which means no one's in that section of the store <laughs> when I need a pot or a pan the first thing that comes to my mind is not JCPenney okay he's like straight up <clears throat> all right man okay so here you and me Here's the next song. And this one I actually have a little caveat with because when this guy made this song, he was trolling. He was trolling before the internet existed. So this is before trolling became fashionable. All right. In the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. Butane in my veins and I'm out to cut the junkie with the plastic eyeballs. Spray paint the vegetables. Dog food stalls with the beefcake pantyhose. Now, what? My, my first thought is, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> I'm like, this dude's high. <laughs> I mean, the only line that made a little bit of sense is, in the time of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. was like, well, look, motherfucker, in the time of chimpanzees, I was a silver bag. Don't sell yourself so short. Go do yourself up a little bit here. Now, here, here's the chorus. I'm a loser, baby. So why oh, don't God. <laughs> I'm a loser, baby. So why oh. don't you me? This song oh. is horrible. Now, the funny part about this song is Beck wrote this song as a fucking total joke. He's like, I'm going to write a really shitty song just to fuck with my audience. And this song became one of his biggest, his hits, biggest hits. It's his biggest yeah. hits. Like, that's what he's known for. Probably is the anyone who has the last laugh, it's him. He's like, I can't believe. Just like the lead singer of Warren's when he wrote Cherry Pie. Now, look, I, I'm not a fan of Warren's, period, but they have some songs that are not horrible, like Cherry Pie. But Cherry Pie, he wrote as a fucking joke. He was at a county fair or something, and there was a pie-eating contest. And he wrote, he wrote this silly song about that. And that song went on to be their biggest hit. They had to play it all the time. It was torture for him to have to play that song because he wrote it as a joke. 
It's like jokes on you. <laughs> this joke is the only thing that's going to be feeding your ass for the for the rest of your career. So yeah. <laughs> sit back and enjoy. It's like that saying, be careful for what you wish for. You may get Right, it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you want to be super famous and successful. <clears throat> okay, well, you better be very precise about how you're going to get there because otherwise it may be because you wrote cherry pie <laughs> or you wrote loser. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I don't want to be famous for something I did that I really sucked at. <laughs> like everyone. Right. Remember that. It's like, man, remember that one time Mike did that video that, Oh yeah, that video sucks, man. Yeah. Man, I was, I, that was 15 years ago. I still remember how bad that video. No was. matter what you do from that then point, you're like, yeah, that's cool. And all Mike, but remember when you did that one video, like, bitch. <laughs> why you gotta bring up old shit, man? Come on, move, move on. <laughs> Yeah, so okay, this one's this one's horrible. I, I have to go to the second verse on this one because that's when it gets really bad. You can tell your ma I moved to Arkansas. You can tell your dog to bite my leg. Or tell your brother Cliff, whose fist can tell my lip, he never really liked me anyway. Or tell your Aunt Louise, tell her anything you please. Myself already knows I'm not okay. Or you can tell my eyes to watch out for my mind. It might be walking out on me today. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you. The best mullet ever. Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, no. Achy Breaky Heart. Oh, no. That's a, you know what? I was actually thinking of that song. It's to add to my list. <laughs> Terrible. And this is this man's biggest hit. <laughs> Except Little Nas X. <laughs> Old Town Road. And then, that's what I'm saying. Then he inflicted he inflicted her upon us. It's like you you had to carry on your legacy of songs that just like make our heads want to just explode by producing this spawn, you know, with like, you know, she came through like a, a wrecking ball. <laughs> and she's shaking her non-existent ass on stage with Robin Thicke on the MTV <laughs> Awards. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Thanks, Billy Ray. Oh, yeah, and the mullet. We'll just leave it at that. The mullet. <laughs> All right, here's yeah, another cringy song. And I don't think the lyrics are horrible on this. Let me look it up real quick. All right, now... Let me just play a little bit of this actually first. And the, the lyrics are, I think I, I did a rip on this song and the, the lyrics are not atrocious. So it wasn't, there wasn't really anything that stuck out there, but the song itself is one of the most estrogenic songs ever made. <laughs> I mean, you have to take two caps of my two booster before you listen to <laughs> at least an hour of ahead of time, because you're, you're estrogen. If you, if you ever get a blood test done for men and your estrogen levels are on the depleted side, just listen to this song and it'll, it'll go right up to the middle range. You listen to it twice though. It's going to, you're going to be, you're going to have elevated. You're going to transition. You're going to transition. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to be a man anymore. That's the- you, you listen to the fourth time. You're probably going to tell everybody you're probably going to run for governor of California in the next session. And if you don't know what that means. Look up who's trying to run for governor. next. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Yes, I swear. It's a 
And I owe it all to you. It's like, it's the most over exaggerated voice, Bill Medley. Oh, I. It's so terrible song, but it's the whitest song. Oh, let me tell you. Have you ever seen, have you seen Chris Pratt and Chris Stapleton do it? They did on Jimmy Kimmel. It's just like, so basically you have someone who fucking can sing his ass off. And then yeah, you got another yeah. dude, and you got another dude that sounds like he's at a karaoke bar. So that's what makes it so hilarious. Look it up on YouTube, folks. Look up Chris Stapleton and Chris Pratt. Uh, sing time of my life. Chris, I mean, Chris Stapleton comes in on the females part and rips that. Like, okay, that would make you pretty much almost like this song. But then Chris Pratt starts singing and he reminds you why you don't like it. <laughs> Straight up, man. Yeah. It was just something about all those 80s TV, like, I mean, movie soundtrack main songs that made, it made you like uh cringy this movie was so estrogen dominant that patrick swayze the <laughs> yeah, lead, just seeing him stepping was, out dancing to this something and the way act- he was stepping <laughs> oh i know there's it's, there's no accident at all that he did roadhouse right after this movie and right then, <laughs> right he's like i need to fucking flip the script right here Otherwise, yeah I'm- <laughs> and then on roadhouse like he said i don't want a sex scene i gotta bang a chick up against the wall <laughs> He's like, I got, I got to get all my masculinity back right now. Well, the the best part about the sex scene in Roadhouse, that one up against the wall that you're talking about, is that's pure male fantasy. All right, the whole right, thing. right, taking her back. First of all, she's a doctor, but she's also super hot. She's super beautiful. Right. She's wearing, she's wearing this fucking skirt with no underwear on. How convenient is that? In, right. She's coming out to fuck. You know, she's not coming out to fuck. Pure male fantasy right here. And then he blows his load in about 10 seconds. <laughs> and, and she's no, no, that right. That's probably the closest thing to reality of that whole sex scene right there. She, she blows her load in 10 seconds. He blows and she's in love with him. And she's in love with him after that. Like, really? Now look, hold this closer she, here, okay? I, I, I have blown my load in 10 seconds before, thankfully, a long time ago. But I can tell you what. The woman wasn't smiling. When <laughs> She's patting you on the shoulder like, it's okay. It happens to the best of you. Guys. She's like, Jesus, man. I didn't even get a chance to get that. What the fuck is that? Like, oh, five minutes. Christ. She's like, I oh, thought I had God. at least five minutes to get going. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That, that, uh, and then she falls in love with this guy right after that. I was like, no. I know. I'm like, really? That's all it took? See, that right there, that pretty much sold some of the biggest BS to a lot of dudes during the 80s. They're like, oh, man, I just sit here and I can just bang a chick in 10 seconds. She's going to fall in love with me. No, that's not reality, bro. It's not, not reality at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that song is just uh, the ultimate cringe song. And funny thing is I ripped on that song and a couple people <laughs> private messaged me, guys, saying, oh, come on, man, you know, that's a great song. It depicted Tom's like, look, man, you know what's more embarrassing than anyone liking this song is anyone defending that they like this come song. On, that's somebody that graduated in like 88 or 89, and that was like their prom theme song. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've got their memories. They're still holding on to those memories, man. Yeah. About the chick that got away. No, she didn't get away. She ran away. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when she's sprinting away at full speed. That she oh, I know, and he catches <laughs> That's not her trying to get away. That's her gone. She's, gone. she's out. She's, gone. she's not trying to get away where she's hoping you'll catch up. Like, you know, like, hey, you know, like, I'm going nah. to walk a little slow. Maybe he'll, he'll, he'll try to catch up with me. <laughs> like, nah. She's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going to run so fast. <laughs> no way this guy can keep up with me. <laughs> right. 
Uh, and speaking of just, just something about that year, I think in the same year this song came out too. <laughs> but basically, okay, so here's a little song that I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note, but don't worry, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you see this video you have to have someone like Chevy Chase in a video for something that sounds like this because it sounds like a Saturday Night Live skit (laughs) what is that accent Okay. Like an Indian accent. <laughs> Here's your little song I wrote. Trouble. Trouble. Be happy now. <laughs> oh, God. I officially want to go jump off my roof right now. What kind of song that? white people watch and they're going oh i like this black guy oh yeah <laughs> he's he's, he's, one, of the, he's one of the good ones <laughs> hey he's so positive he's positive like come on he's not angry he's not the angry black guy <laughs> lost with him in the huxtables right <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know he actually did the intro to the cosby show one of those seasons <laughs> right after the after the song took off he oh, did the next se- Yeah, yeah, he, he did yeah, he did the actual intro, I think, to season three of the Cosby show, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much sounds like this damn song. <laughs> well, that makes it even better because I threw that out. I pulled that out of thin air. I didn't I didn't realize it was in Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so how about that? Oh, oh man. That, that one is, uh, you know, you know what? I actually thought about that song too for the list. <laughs> I may have to do a little clips for Achy Breaky Hearts and <laughs> fucking that song. All right, here we go. Here's another one I think we both can agree on is horrible. Okay, now some of the lyrics are hilarious. Let me just get right to that. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm just going to go right into this. Bang, bang, bang on the door, baby. Knock a little fuck, baby. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, damn. I was not ready for that, bro. You caught me off guard right now. <laughs> you, you didn't expect that. <laughs> you, you, oh, shit. I'm, I'm crying right now. <laughs> Oh, hold on! Why, hold on! You were looking for the song at the so at the time my wife is texting me, so I'm looking at the text, and then all of a sudden I just hear you all of a sudden bang bang! I'm like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on? What are you doing? I, I was I was not ready for that. Like bang 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 on the door, baby! Knock a little louder, baby! Bang bang <sighs> on the door, baby! I can't hear you. Well, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? How hard is that? <laughs> <laughs> who, who the fuck are you, Helen Keller? How can you not? What's going on in this place? <laughs> Bang, bang, bang on the door, baby. Knock a little louder, sugar. Like, you already told her to lie, Doc. Bang, bang, bang on the door. I can't hear you. It was like, well, you got a hearing problem. Right? How loud is she bang on the door? Oh, right. my God. <laughs> now, here's the, here's the other part that's great. 
hop in my Chrysler. It's as big as a whale. <laughs> and it's about to set sail. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> like, I got me a car. It seats about 20. So come on. It's like, no shit, motherfucker. We already know that <laughs> hop in my Chrysler. You got to tell her she has a car, too. And bring your jukebox money. Okay, where are we going that we need jukebox money? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What terrible-ass song is this? (laughs) (laughs) Now, this horrible song is the one and only Love Shack. Oh, God. (laughs) This is Love Shack. Every DJ's worst nightmare. Shit. You know... Love Shack. Let me tell you. (laughs) One of the... (laughs) Out of all the New Year's Eve like performances that have ever happened in history <laughs> that, that I've watched because I, I don't go out on New Year's Eve, <laughs> the one that I will never forget is when B-52s performed live New Year's Eve in Houston. <laughs> and they were so fucking drunk when they <laughs> performed. That was when they were actually toppled. Dude, they were... Imagine... Four of the drunkest fucking people you've ever seen at a concert venue that ever, ever got on your nerves, but they're actually, those people are actually the band that's performing. <laughs> so, and they're just stumbling on stage. This dude's slurring the, the, the guy. I'm like, okay, the song is still horrible, but this is fun to watch because you see these old fuckers with no career really going on right now. They're probably performing on cruise ships and they're doing this New Year's Eve performance in Houston, Texas in the rain. So mixing drunk people on New Year's Eve with a washed up career in the rain is the best gift you could ever get. <laughs> it's like, dude. And my nieces, they were like, who are these people? I'm like, don't worry about it. They won't be around much longer. <laughs> like, I said, I think this is their farewell performance. And after this, they're probably like, you know what? I'm done. Don't fucking ever call me again. Talk about let's get the band back together. Lose my number. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Oh man, let me get one more in before my um, before my doorbell rings because my uh, lawn guy's here. I don't want him to interrupt me. No, we're gonna still do this, but I don't want him to interrupt this gym right here. You know what? No, no lyrics are even needed for this one. Ugh, I don't even want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about some of the songs I play. I go, man, I shouldn't even be doing this. I'm looking at. I don't even want this in my Spotify because I don't want Spotify thinking this is the music I like, and they start like giving suggestions to this shit. <laughs> the, I don't want the algorithm to get confused all of a sudden. Like, dude, how the hell did you go from Godsmack to this shit? <laughs> oh. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Bobby girl in the Bobby world. <laughs> 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 okay, I, I don't want to lose any more listeners. Let me, I'm gonna stop that right there. <laughs> Shit, that song oh, was horrible. That's one of the biggest hits of the fucking '90s. Like, come on, you know what? You know why things like that were so big? Because Kurt Cobain killed himself. Yeah, <laughs> come on, there was such a void left on that side of music. <laughs> Just like some, like the thong song. The reason why that exists is because Biggie and Tupac died in, the, in right around that time. It left a void for these fuckers to come about. And people wanted to make sure that things weren't so sad anymore and that there was no more violence in music that you end up getting groups like Aqua 
<laughs> and you end up getting songs like Cisco and the Thong song. <laughs> and you get Limp Biscuit. You get Nookie, which is an honorable mention on this list. I'm just not going to play it. <laughs> but that's another one of those songs. The 90s. The late 90s was the worst version of the 80s I've ever seen. Yeah, the late, <laughs> so, late 90s were really bad. Late 80s and early 90s, a lot of good music came yeah, out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The late 90s was like the worst part of the early 80s <laughs> that you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, late 90s, you had a lot of these new metal bands coming out. And some of them I like yeah. in park, but a lot of them were terrible. And that just took over the whole the whole got <clears throat> cannibalized by that. This is another one of those. This song is so white. It's more white than Ryan Seacrest and fucking Neil. To my, to my, it's whiter than Ryan Seacrest eating a mayonnaise sandwich on white bread. Okay. <laughs> And Neil Diamond having brunch and mimosas at the Four Seasons <laughs> with the pinkies <laughs> up, <laughs> and then Barry Manilow shows up <laughs> <laughs> and croons and he croons them. <laughs> okay. Oh okay. God! Here we go. Here we go. All right, this is good. This is going to be good. Here we go. Let me play it because this, this has to be heard to understand the the travesty. <laughs> yeah, I can't just say it. You know, people need to hear. It. <clears throat> Oh God. Now this stupid song used to come on at the nightclub I worked at in Worcester, what Ohio. Happened? I was in college. And Keep going. There was there wasn't a white girl within a hundred mile radius who didn't storm the place and hit the dance floor with the worst moves you've ever seen in your life. Do you remember, remember Elaine dancing in Seinfeld? It was, imagine a whole floor of women like that. All right. And if you haven't seen, just look up Elaine dancing in Seinfeld on YouTube. If you haven't seen that, it might be before <clears throat> the time of some people, but that's how bad this was. This, this song is just cringe worthy. And I hear it all the time in Vegas, not so much anymore, but I used to hear this all the time in Vegas where you would have a DJ at one of those bars. That oh, my God. I know, man. Or, or one of those casino bars that's supposed to be so cool. Or, on, or one of the bars on a cruise ship. Okay, that right there is already a red flag. It's a bar yeah. on a cruise ship. You already know the music's going to be shitty. Because who's yeah. on a cruise ship? A bunch of old-ass fucking people. And, when they, and they all dance with their shoulders. <laughs> and so, again, if you don't know what that means, look up that video of Elaine dancing, and then you'll see. What makes it even worse she has shoulder pads. Okay. <laughs> it makes it even worse. It just enhances the shoulder dancing at that point. Frankie People that dance. Valley. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Oh, what a coincidence. Four Seasons. I didn't four even. Four Seasons. To my, to my four, four Seasons lacking seasoning is what it should be called. <laughs> December 1963. Oh, what a night. Oh, God. Oh, what a night indeed. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget the night that I first heard this song. It's <laughs> burnt. <laughs> Burned in my memory. <laughs> oh, that's the night that's guaranteed. That's the one night that guarantees that your virginity will continue. Okay, <laughs> it's, like, it's burned in song. my memory. It's just like walking in on some lady on an international flight on the toilet because she didn't lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's burned in my memory. She looks at me. She looks at me and I'm surprised. I was like, I don't know why you're surprised. <laughs> Look, you know, you know how many times someone's walked in on me in the bathroom on a plane? Never, never happens. 
Because not only do I have it locked, if they try to push that in, I fucking press my foot up against that door. So you're not getting it. <laughs> right? Like, can't you see it says occupied? And if you're trying to bum rush your way in, you're still not going to get in. <laughs> I guarantee you I'm stronger than you are. Right? You're, exactly. trying to push, you're trying to push on your end. I'm trying to push on my end. I'm going to win that battle. All right? right. So I, fuck off. <laughs> I got a lot more to lose here than you. Okay? So, <laughs> I'm a little bit more motivated than you are, buddy. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, I, I want you know, brown eyed girls. Another one that. Oh, oh my gosh, that, that's on brown eyed girl. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! You know what? Oh you know what? God! Yeah, we gotta go ahead and add that to the list. <laughs> we have we have time. We can add this one. <laughs> Mike's like, I got time today, damn it. Dan Morrison, Brown Eyed Girl. You know, I actually like some of Dan Morrison's songs too. I didn't realize not that one. Yeah, not this one. This one oh. is again. It's another one of those songs. Whoever likes Oh What a Night likes this song too <laughs> playlist they probably have a fucking playlist of oh what a night brown eyed girl yeah there's probably a spotify playlist just with this shit on it Love shot. <laughs> they're like man these guys are ripping on all my favorite songs hey man like you go on spotify and you look up the birth control um, um playlist this is the one because <laughs> all these guarantee that there'll be no procreation in your life whatsoever <laughs> just the beginning is cringy i know right here already <laughs> Shit, this song is so bad. I couldn't, Dude. I couldn't date uh, a woman who had brown eyes for five years after I heard it. <laughs> That's how bad I, it was. Honestly, I look at my own eyes. I have brown eyes. I, like, I don't think I can look in the mirror right now. I'm looking at my own brown eyes, and it's bringing back this song. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot who was that that had the nerve in the nineties to actually remake this song. Like what what of all the songs you could have remade, this is the one you yeah, changed? That, that's another thing about terrible songs. Like one of the songs I hate the most is Wicked Game, that Chris Isaac. Oh song. yeah, Chris Isaac, yeah. Everybody has remade that song. Now look hey, the, man. the lyrics the, the lyrics are actually good. It's about heartbreak and all that. I, I look here's, at the lyrics. Here's why, the why that lyrics. song worked. Here's why that song worked for Chris Isaac. The video. Okay, yeah, because he's with a banging ass supermodel. Okay, (laughs) it's in black and white. He's like, dude, whoever directed this video, they knew they had to pull out all the stops to make this song work. Now, there's gonna be a lot of chicks like, no, I love that song. It's so romantic. Like, yeah, but come on, you you liked it because of the hot model too. Come on, it's like straight up. So, yeah, man. Here we go with brown eyed girls, cringy lyrics, and whatever happened to Tuesday and so slow. Going down the old mine with the transistor radio, standing in the sunlight laughing, <laughs> hiding hand a rainbow's wall, okay? What? Slipping and sliding all along the waterfall with you. Okay, now, first of all, why- Okay, you know, I, I think that was a sexual innuendo right there. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> like, he, he's like, he's like, okay, I mean, the song is so corny. I might as well slap some nastiness in here right quick, just for my yeah, own benefit. That, that actually, <laughs> that's part of the, the, what I did. Slipping and sliding all along the waterfall with you. Okay. <laughs> now, going down the old mine with a transistor radio. Okay, where are you in Kentucky in, now, in like 1858? How do you think taking a woman or a girl to an old mine? Because he's about to, he's probably about to sexually assault her. And he has the radio to cancel out the noise when she screams. This now just became very creepy. And now that you dissect these lyrics now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
because this is, I mean, the opening of the song sounds like it has nothing but like Cancun touristy vibes to it. And all I can see is Carlton from the Fresh Prince dancing to this. <laughs> <laughs> now visualize that. Oh, that's well, terrible. I, it's funny that you bring up Carlton. Hold on. Oh, second. God. <laughs> Record this for a little clip. It's funny that you bring Okay. Here, here comes Tom Jones. Okay. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up Carlton and his crazy dancing. Now, the, the actor's name is Alfonso. Yeah, right? Alfonso uh, Ribeiro. Alfonso Ribeiro. All right. Now, here's a funny story. You've heard this one before, but I don't know if anyone else has heard it. All right. So when, when Carol and I first moved out of here, this is 2006, we went to a lot of shows. And one of the shows we went to was Tony Braxton. And I didn't choose these, <laughs> things, but somehow we ended up right next to the stage. I mean, we're basically in the front row at a table. I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. Now, Tony Braxton pulls me up on stage at one point. Now, <laughs> she looked at me with this big smile on her face. She was probably like, oh, yeah, this guy looks like he has some good moves. Let me pull him up. <laughs> like, oh, Tony, you're about to be surprised. <laughs> Tony pulls me up on stage. And she's like, hey, handsome, you know, let's see your moves. Now, once she said that, I started shifting my weight to my right foot because I was about to do some one-legged squats. I used to do them all the time at this point. Carol looks at me and, like, shakes her head. She's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, I didn't do it. But it would have been better if I did do it because what I did do was so amusing that Alfonso Ribeiro, who was in the fucking audience, and I could see him in the audience, saw me moving around and laughed his ass off. And then Tony Braxton's all, stop, 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 stop. He's like, she's like, stop moving, stop moving. I got this. And she, she pushed her ass right up against my junk and just started grinding. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's about five feet tall, you know? Right. <laughs> like, she's like, just stand here. I'll take care of this. I'm like, yeah, apparently you will. <laughs> apparently you will. <laughs> now here's what's funny, folks. Just to show you, he's not making this up. There's actual video footage of this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's video footage of it, thank God. Because you sent is- me the video once on no, my no, phone. No, no, I sent you a picture of me dancing. Oh, with oh okay. Now, <laughs> fortunately, like- that picture, it looks like, hey, you know, I mean, they're doing like, that. Oh. <laughs> I mean, she just has her leg wrapped around me, and I got right. my arm here. It's like, hey, man, you're looking pretty smooth up there, Mike. I was like, yeah, in that picture, I am. <laughs> but the reality was a little bit different. <laughs> Thank God no one got that on, on video. Oh. I had people coming up to me saying, oh, man, that was great, as if I were part of the act afterwards. <laughs> They, they thought it was staged. They're like, surely, surely no one could be that terrible in real life. Yeah, this yeah, had to be yeah. acting. They thought it was like some comedy routine or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, one man. of the few times where I, they, they always sell you photos of yourself. At it, right, at you're it. like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I never buy those. But this time I had to buy it. You know, and that's why oh, I have man. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh. All right, man. So, speaking of groups, where you actually like you actually like them, but then there's this that one song you're like, why did you do this? <laughs> this is one of those times. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Wham, bam, I am a man. Job or no job, you can't tell me that I'm not. Do you enjoy what you do? Well, if not, just stop. Don't stay there and rot. You got soul. You got soul. I said, get, get, get on down. I said, get, get, get on down. Hey, everybody, take a look at me. I got street credibility. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Maybe you didn't. 
<laughs> Somebody, hey, look here, Mike. Hey, Mike, I may not have a job, but I have a good time with the boys that I meet down on the line. I said, I don't need you. So you don't approve? Well, who asked you to? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, rest in peace, George Michael. Break it down. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Check out the rap. Oh. Here's the good part. This sounds like the cheesy part of an 80s movie at the strip club, right? As they're walking in. <laughs> right? He's rapping, ladies and gentlemen. George Michael's rapping. Exactly. I like George Michael. I like a lot. I'm like, whose idea was this, Andrew? Who who thought this was a good idea? (laughs) Oh shit, man! (laughs) And the video is even worse. This is why you try to be something you're not, because this is the kind of stuff you come up with. It's not well, this is the problem when this is the problem when you're an artist and you don't truly, especially because they were young. I think at this time, him and Andrew were probably like 16 or 17 at the time, oh, yeah. and yeah. so they're being taken advantage of by the record labels because it's the early 80s. And in right. the, at that time, those labels think like, "Hey, why don't you make a rap?" And they're probably like, "What the fuck are you talking about? We don't rap, <laughs> yo. You know, I think it should rap. We can get it on the radio. It could be a hit." It's like, come on. Like, no, I want to sing you a song called Careless Whispers. Yeah, 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 later for the Careless Whispers. Let's, we need a wham rap. You know what? That's what we should call it. Wham rap. Oh, God. I don't even like, what the, what did we sign? We're in trouble. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> Thank God that that happened early in their career. And most people don't even know about that song. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like careless whisper because I get to use some of those lines. Like, hey, you want to jam? Guilty <laughs> feet ain't got no rhythm. Haven't you heard? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's crazy about that song is the fact that he that's one of his least favorite songs that he wrote. He actually wrote that on the bus. And wow. and basically it was not like a song that he wanted to put on the album. And so they pushed him to it, you know, to put it on the album or whatever. And he that's like one of the songs he didn't like. He felt like he didn't really there was like he put nothing into that song. He's just like, just on the bus writing. And then wow. that song came about and it's like one of his biggest hits, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's amazing how creative people just come up with stuff like that. It just Exactly. Without even trying. So that's that thing when you just like, you have that thing, you have that it factor when this stuff like this is just effortless. It's like, I mean, Harley, here it is. This Chromex song called Death Camps. And Death mm-hmm. Camps is one of the reasons why I started transitioning towards a vegetarian and then vegan diet. Mm-hmm. Because Death Camps is about animals in factory farms or animals being slaughtered in these horrific ways. And right. he wrote those lyrics. He I asked him, well, how did you come up with those lyrics? He said he, he walked by the meatpacking industry in New York city one day and the lyrics just came to him. Wow. And that's a badass song. I mean, the song is heavy. 
super happy. I mean, if people like Metallica's Kill 'Em All, their first record, they'll yeah. like Romax's <clears throat> because it wasn't a hardcore record like the first album. It was more thrashy crossover that's in the vein of Metallica and maybe Exodus, some of these other thrash metal bands around the same time, Death Angel. But it's right. really good. And it, he came up with those lyrics easily. You know, they just, it just hit him. It's crazy, man. <laughs> just never know where the inspiration just comes. And you're just like, oh, you know what? You write that shit down. <laughs> you know? I mean, they can have even with business. They can have with a business. Like, cause just, you, just see, you see something, it's like, you know what? You go write down an idea, and next thing you know, boom, there it is. You it's know? funny how ideas come to you because I remember one time I was looking at one of Mike Menser's books, right? The mm-hmm. high yeah. training guy. And there was a in there was a picture of him with all of these books in his office that he's packaging personally. It was like a hundred books in there. And I I remember that picture vividly because it made me think at that moment, I need to have some products like this guy. I need that. Well, it's like I need to have a book or I need to have a manual. I need to have something. Right. So I mean the very first product I ever came out with was just a manual for my workshops. And that that manual would be unsellable right now in terms of the quality, you know, because <laughs> it was extremely basic. It was a bunch of black and white photos that were not really clear. The right. the actual advice was good, the instruction was good, and all that, but the visually it, it yeah. looked like shit. But it was act, but people who came to my courses when I handed them one of those at the end because this is before I had any videos, people really liked that because it was a great reinforcement tool. I had a bunch of programs in there and all that. But what funny thing is my brother makes fun of me because a friend, uh, my friend, Lisa Schaefer, you know, Lisa really well. too. Yeah. Lisa's really cool. So Lisa Schaefer came out with the manual herself a couple of years later and her mm-hmm. manual was fucking awesome in terms of visually and, and the content was too, but visually it looked really good. You know, leave it to a woman to put out something that's going to look, of course, really good. Lisa, Lisa's not going to just put out some shitty looking product, even if the content's great. So, the, I mean, it looked professional. It looked so good that Dragon Door carried it for a while and it sold mm-hmm. well there. And Roger, I remember she sent me a copy one time and Roger's like flipping through it. He's like, man, you know, this is really good. He's like, he's like, your manual looks like shit compared to <laughs> <laughs> I told that to Lisa. She still laughed. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. <laughs> Step up the quality of the next one. And then Iron Man Japan took my manual and they made it. That book, that book that you see with Iron Man yeah. Japan logo on it. And yep. I've posted pictures from that. Now that that's the same exact manual that I sold in America, but it didn't look like that. <laughs> I, I actually asked them if they could translate that into English for me and just sell me copies to to sell in America, and I would have given mm-hmm. them a piece of the action. They didn't want to do it though, unfortunately, because I mean that looked fucking awesome. But that was a much different experience because they paid me to go to one of the premier fitness photographers for all the magazines michael something i forget his last name he worked for iron man magazine so i actually went to a, a professional studio with perfect lighting and all that bullshit to do all right. the photos <laughs> because they weren't <laughs> going to take those shitty photos that were <laughs> they're like we can't reprint this bro <laughs> yeah they're trying to be polite about it too they're like oh you know your photos are okay but you know we want to i was like no you can say it they suck <laughs> you know and you stuff that, that sucks there so that that was a totally different experience. And what's funny though is I've never been in a professional fitness studio f- before for photos. Mm-hmm. And what well, he he gave me a tour of the place, and it was funny to see all the prop weights because you had oh these, yeah I was about to say you had <laughs> these forty five pound plates that weighed five pounds. So when you see some fucking guy squatting six pa- plates on each side and the bar is right. not even bending and his face is not even red, 
It's because he's not squatting 600 pounds. <laughs> All right. It's like six ounces. <laughs> it's a prop weight. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun to have some of those prop weights you know, from my home. You know, the funny thing about prop weights is I, I would be a lot more clever about how I use them. So if if I'm gonna squat, if I'm gonna deadlift 600 pounds, I would put the prop weights on each side so it looks like 700 pounds now. So it's still going to be a struggle for me because it's actually 600 pounds. That's not an easy lift for me, but it's heavy enough that it actually looks believable now, you know, because (laughs) (laughs) you got to be clever how you use prop weights. You can't just put old prop weights on the fucking bar. You're curling it. (laughs) It's like, dude, are you doing a 200 pound curl? Dumbbell curl? (laughs) (laughs) And he's not not sweating. He's not straining in the face. Like, come on. (laughs) But I went, I mean, I went down this whole path of making information products because of one photo in Mike Menser's book. It had nothing, yeah. to, he wasn't even talking about selling books. It was just a photo. And that photo just made me think, hey, I need to start doing some shit like that. You know, why don't I have a bunch of orders sitting around my apartment that I'm packaging and putting out a right. source for me? And I actually sold that manual to you know, people who didn't even take my courses. And then I actually put the professional photos that Iron Man took, <laughs> and I made an ebook out of it that I still sell, the kettlebell primer. So I upgraded right. the whole thing and put that Let's out. Let's go there. ahead and revise this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can still find those photos. You can still find photos, those shitty photos from that manual. If, if anyone that does a Google search of me and just looks at images, that'll show up at some point. <laughs> you know, you'll see these really crappy photos of me and then horrific fashion <laughs> <You know? laughs> lifting kettlebells in my parents fucking living room because i was there visiting and my brother was taking the photos <laughs> yeah man. but you know what it goes to, it, it also goes to show you that a, lo- a lot of times it doesn't have to be perfect man just no, it get it done just put just put it out there it, it doesn't matter if it sucks the first time because you're right. gonna get better you'll get better on the second third fourth some people are such perfectionists that they never put anything out there because they, exactly. it's not perfect to them Yep. It's like, oh, just, I just, I'm just waiting to get the blah, blah, blah. Well, as soon as I get the blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, there's some fucker just putting out this raggedy shit. And then you see him all over Instagram and he's getting all these followers and he's getting people buying this product. You're like, well, that's a shitty product. Like, why are people buying this shit? Because you didn't put yours out. That's why. <laughs> that's the reason why everybody's buying his shit. And now he has the momentum that by the time you put yours out, no one's going to even, even see you at this right. point. Right. You know, because this cheesy fucker has like captivated everybody with his cheesiness. Okay. And his glam and glitz or whatever. So <laughs> just, just do it, man. Just fucking do it. And then just, just adjust along the way. You know, no fucking <laughs> yeah. kid, no baby automatically comes out of the womb and starts running a fucking marathon. Okay. <laughs> and, and be so fucking one minute or two minute mile, you know. That motherfucker is going to crawl and fall down and bust his ass 8 million times. And he still probably won't ever beat a two-minute mile. <laughs> but, hey. The problem a lot of people make that are workout people is, let's say they put together, they, they, they decide to follow an existing 12-week program mm-hmm. or put together one. Now, here's the problem with thinking about training in terms of 12 weeks. You're already thinking about the end when you're yeah, getting exactly. started. You're thinking about where you want to go, but you haven't started. Now, I'm not saying a 12-week program is a bad idea, but what I'm saying is once you start the program, don't think about the 12th week. Now you're thinking about, all you should be thinking about is the workout I'm doing today, I'm going to have a great workout. That's all I'm focused on. Today, I'm going to go in there and kill it. The next time you do it, I'm going to go in there and kill it. Next time you do it, I'm going to go in there and kill it. So you develop this consistency, and then that 12 weeks takes care of itself because you're immersed in the process. 
you're immersed on excellence in the process. But, but what happens with most people is, is that they, they're thinking about week 12 at that first workout. And yeah. So basically I, you're starting, it's like, you're starting a, you have a new TV series, you know, it's the first season and in the season finale, it's actually the series finale. You've killed your main character. So like, okay, what do we, you, you built up this story around this main character, then you kill him. And then, yeah. and the, then the supporting characters all suck. So it's like, okay, where, where are we going from here now? <laughs> because because all you thought about is well just in case just in case no one likes this you know let's just go ahead and let's just solve all the questions right now in one season well damn okay and everybody <laughs> loves and everybody loves the show and wants to see a second season and now there's not going to be one <laughs> because your main character got he was he was murdered a horrific death which means you can't bring him back <laughs> so so yeah <laughs> don't do that <laughs> Can you just imagine the first season of Sopranos? Tony gets knocked off in the first season. <laughs> well, it's not the Sopranos anymore. You got to find a new last name for this show. Because <laughs> yeah, no, no one cares about no one cares about Meadow. What if, no one. <laughs> what if instead of Jack Bauer's wife dying in the first season, he dies? Exactly. <laughs> and the second season is all these other characters, which were not well developed yet. You know, people like exactly Tony, other characters, Chloe. You know, <laughs> they weren't developed yet at that point. So the right. show really needed Kiefer Sutherland to be in it to, to right. for everything to work. Everyone else is basically an assistant to him. He's not in it. It doesn't work. You know, eventually, eventually they probably could have pulled it off without him. I mean, they tried that one season. Yeah, where, with Corey, when they brought on Corey Hawkins on. Corey. That yeah. wasn't bad, but it just no. wasn't the same. Yeah, bad. I mean, well, actually, by that point, it's like there was no need for another season. That's okay. Awesome. It, it was just really, they were beating a dead horse. There was just really no need because here's the thing. Where are you going with this? You only did one season of this whole new look of a, you know, all these new people minus Chloe, you know, and Tony Almeida. But it's just like, okay, so you're just going to do this for one season? You're not going to build upon this? You know, you're not, not going to do it like a 24 next generation or whatever? Like, what was the point of even doing that? <laughs> so it's just some point you just leave things alone. It's like, okay, it's a wrap. It was, <laughs> it's done. It'd be like bringing Seinfeld back now. <laughs> like, why? Why? <laughs> like, who needs who needs money right now? <laughs> what is that about? Yeah, it's, it's just not going to be the same. So you bring it back, exactly. it's gonna be really anticlimactic. And people love nostalgia. They love living in the past and thinking about things from the past that they enjoyed. Now, people love all that shit. But yeah, I know. It's not going to be the same though. So when you, it's like when you get together. I remember I used to get. I remember I got together with a friend of mine from college. And he was a good friend of mine in college. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And I realized he lived in LA when I was out there. So we got together for lunch one time. And the first time we got together, it was cool because we're catching up on what he's been up to, what I've been up to. And then we're talking about the good old days in college. We're having a good laugh. Now, the second time I noticed we didn't have as much to talk about. And then the third right. time we had barely anything to talk about. It was uncomfortable. And there was, there, there had been <laughs> a fourth time you know, because we realized is that we had, you know, we were sometimes you're friends with someone because of where you are at the time. Exactly. Like I said, uh, to my like my mom always says, you know, that person was to my that person was good for a certain season. Right. Okay, but that that season of your life has changed now. You know, and you find out uh, you find that out the hard way. You know, you sitting there like again, it becomes that same old same old conversation. Like, hey, so what, hey, what have you been up to? Same old same old. Okay, motherfucker, I haven't seen you in 20 years. What does that even mean? What is what is the same old? You're speaking as if I was there for the last 20 years. What's been going on? And then I think the harsh reality happens that they realize nothing has happened in 20 years right. <laughs> since they last saw you in high school. And then it becomes very depressing at that moment when they realize that. Because they realize like, oh, I've really, I haven't done anything really exciting in my life. 
got married, had some kids, got a job. That's been, that's been it. And it's been on repeat for 20 years. Yeah. When you have a lot going on, it's hard to be friends with people that don't. Yeah. Cause it, everybody's, I, everybody's I, uncomfortable. Okay. Cause they're looking like, well, damn, they're looking at you while you're talking about all these experiences you're having. And they're just looking like, really? Wow. And then eventually like, so what? In their mind, then eventually like, who cares? Okay. Now you're just bragging, <laughs> you know, it becomes these things or they just really realize like, fuck, I've done nothing with my life. This dude, we grew up together and he's done all this stuff. I could have done a bunch of stuff. I could have done that, but I didn't. And then it becomes very, the reality starts to hit. Now, because whenever I have lunch with Tim Larkin, and he's the opposite of what I just mentioned here, Tim always has stuff going on. You're friends with him too. They're mutual yeah. bars. Now, Tim is, he's one of those guys where every time I have lunch with him, I know I'm going to come away with something useful, either for my business or some other facet, every single right. time. And it's going to happen organically, not because we're both just pitching each other. And, but the thing I like about Tim is he always has something going on. You don't meet up, especially if you haven't seen him in a while. If you haven't seen yeah. him in a while, I guarantee you he's got something. He's probably about to finish a book or he's about to launch a new course. He's got something right. going on or he was on a big show. And, that, and I love being around energy like that because it motivates me. Now, I'm right. self-motivated. A lot, of us, a lot of us that are self-motivated, it's not so much that we need motivation, but that doesn't mean that it's not nice when it comes our way. <laughs> yeah, every now and then, every day you need a different type of jolt. There might be some things like, okay, you're already motivated, you're doing things, but then they give you this new perspective, like, you know what, wait, 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 wait. I didn't think about that. Right. You know, hmm, I wonder how I can use, utilize something similar to that for what I'm doing right now. You know, because they're giving you a different perspective. That's the one oh. thing about surrounding yourself with people who, eat, like, who are doing things more than you, more successful than you, you know, because that's going to always give you that push because I don't want to be the dead weight in the friendship. So I want to make sure I'm always, I want to make sure I got some shit going on too, that I'm not going to sit there and be the energy vampire in the room. You know, so therefore it's just like, okay, I want to be able to trade war stories with someone. Okay. And not be the one that sat on the sideline and telling you, thank you for your service with your business, (laughs) you know? So I mean, it's similar when when I talked to Mark Phillippe, uh, when I go visit him, I'm not going there to, to pick his brain and talk about training, but it comes up. And right. every time he starts talking about training, I get very quiet because he's dropping gems left and right. I mean, as, as yeah. I'm listening to him, I'm sitting there going, I need to record this because he's giving me so many good ideas without yeah, even trying. It just comes out because he right. knows so much and he's so well versed in this. And he explains these things so well that I always leave with something useful. So, I mean, I love being around people like Tim, people like Mark, people like yourself, because it's, you, you always leave different than you were before. You're not just right. leaving with nothing having, having changed. There's always a different, a different perspective you have now. Yep. Yeah. That's why, you know, I see a lot of young people, they really lose value when it comes to our, our elders, you know, a lot can be said from those experiences. Like no one's saying you have to go back and, do all the things they did back then or whatever. Like, look, I'm not trying to do a sit-in, you know, due to injustice or something like that, but to hear their experience. And then you got to think about what the odds they had to go through just to do that and sit there and do nothing, you know, but they're do- at the same time doing a lot, you know, and then just like to my, it's funny. Like it took more, it was took more bravery just to sit there and protest and compared to now where people just sit there and do nothing, but think they're protesting, but they're virtue signaling, you know, it's a little different now, you know, back then it's like, they could have lost their lives. Like, how's your life at risk now sitting back doing nothing and just saying, I just won't go to so-and-so how much change is that going to affect anything at this point? Right. You know, whereas back then it's just like, okay, I could die sitting here, you know, just to prove a point like I, I, that I, I should be able to sit here if I want to 
without my life being threatened. Meanwhile, your life's being threatened. <laughs> you know, there's the difference. Like, what are you willing to die for? You know, that's the thing you need to ask people. You know, these days, most people, like you see now, there's always virtue signal, whatever else. Are they willing to die for that cause? That's the real question. <laughs> you know, so you sit there and you see all these celebrities and athletes talking all this shit and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you willing to die for what you're talking about right now? Are you willing to die for that tweet that you just sent out? That's you virtue signal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Reminds me of an episode of this show I watched growing up, Crime Story, Michael Mann Show. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Dice Clay was in it as one of the mobster cronies. And the lead was Dennis Farina. So it was basically <laughs> an adversarial show between Dennis Farina, not Andrew Dice Clay, but I forget the other actor's name, Tony Dennison, mm-hmm. I think. Anthony Dennison. Yeah, so that was the other lead. But anyway, the, and there's an episode where there's a standoff. And Dennis Farina's character is like, hey, I'm ready to die. You ready to die? And then, and then, and then, uh, and then the other guy responds back. He's Andrew Dice Clay responds back. He's all, nah, nah, I'm not ready to die. <laughs> and then they all leave. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Nah, bro, I'm good. Like, nah, I'm not ready to die. I'm going to have to find that scene. It was so funny. I don't know if it was bad acting or if that's the way it was. <laughs> The other guy's like, look, I'm ready to die. You ready to die? He's all intense. And the other guy's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and leave now. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy. It's like some of the people that were in that show. You got like Billy Campbell's in there. Yeah. Uh, watch uh, Julia Roberts. I think it was yeah. her first role. Everybody was a teenager in that show. Who else? Oh, man. Just kind of going through here. Let's Stephen see. Stephen Lane was in Crime Story. Yep. He doesn't look anything like he looks now. He looked like Buddy yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say yes. He looked like Buddy Holly <laughs> in that movie. And in Crime Story, he's got these <laughs> glasses, red hair. You know, now he's fucking old jacked. He's I know. This, <laughs> like look, what he looked like in Avatar. You know, in Avatar, crazy. yep. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that was him. And also, Stephen Lang was in also in Tombstone. He played that really annoying bad guy that always tried to talk tough. And ain't laugh. no, ain't no law around here. No, no law man around here. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen Tombstone at least. Fuck, I know. I was like, you never think that's fucking Ike. <laughs> One day I was curious. Ike, I go. I wonder who who's the actor who played this. This is recently, like a week ago. I watched it. Right. Show. And then I looked it up, and it's Stephen Lang. I was like, get the fuck out of here! I had no clue. No but dude, clue. It's- but when you, it's like when you really go back and look at the people that were in that show, like it's like that thing was has so many heavy hitters in that movie. I mean, shit. I mean, like Bill Paxton, you know, was like Morgan. Like he to sit there and see him as Morgan compared to how you see Bill Paxton, you know, now you would never think that, you know. Tomorrow, even just freaking um, Powers Booth playing Curly, Curly Bill. Yeah. You know, it's just like this dude was like one of the one of the biggest villains of 24. You know, he's always playing some type of presidential type role or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he, he has a real presence, too. Yes, he does. He's he, yeah, he's, he's kind of like um like Stacey Keach like, right. you know, it almost sounds like when he's when he's acting, it's almost like he's narrating the movie as well while he's talking, you know, while he's doing his lines. It's almost like he should be the narrator as well, you know. <laughs> but yeah, even when you talk about Tombstone, like even like Billy Bob Thornton is so kind of not like I mean you got Michael Ru- Michael Rooker's in there. Come on, man. <laughs> so yeah, Michael Bean as the heavy, he was really good. Val Kilmer. Yeah, Thomas Hayden Church. You know, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like they had so many heavy hitters in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's amazing when you look back on that. Now. And that movie still stands the test of time. I saw. Oh yeah, it it's crazy. hard to watch. It was hard to watch um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, with um, Kurt Russell's son on there because you know, first of all, his son's name is Wyatt Wyatt Russell, but it's just so. But he looks just like a younger version of his dad. It's so freaky. It almost seems like CGI, you know, when you're watching that. He's like, damn, is this, is this Kurt Russell? Like, damn. It's like Michael Landon. Michael Landon's son looked exactly like yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he's still alive. But when he was younger, he looked just like a younger version of his father. I mean, it was so freaky, uncanny. man. Yeah, it was uncanny how similar it was. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got my dad and me, and Carol's like, nah, you're adopted. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, yeah, some people say, she's like, no, no. She's like, I, she's like, I look at his face whenever he comes over here and I don't see it. <laughs> Carol, Carol's probably sitting there staring. You know, she's, she's giving up the, the old black grandma test. Like, so here's the thing. Like sometimes <laughs> in the old Southern black grandmothers, just like, let's just say a girl gets pregnant and has a baby. First thing they have to do is take it to the grandmother of the son. I mean, of the father. And the grandmother look like, yeah, that's your baby. It's got your, it's got your big ass nose. <laughs> it's like, or it's like, oh, it's got your forehead. It's, it's always a funny thing. Like, yeah, he's got your forehead. That's yours. It's yours. <laughs> so, so these weird things, but it's like, if the grandmother doesn't approve, then it's probably not yours. You might want to go ahead and get a DNA test. <laughs> Straight up. So, so Carol's probably staring like an old black grandmother when your dad comes over. She's, she's really trying to find, she's trying to find something about him that said that's your father. <laughs> the only, the only thing that, we have in common is we're both six feet tall (laughs) (laughs) in terms of physicality to what we right that's hilarious like nah you're just like your mom had an affair with some brazilian guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah your dad's real name is flavio Imagine if they told me that now. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Your life is a lie, Mike. It's been a yeah, lie. Like, I'm closer to 50 than 40. Now you drop this shit on me? What the fuck, man? You might as well just let me go my whole life not knowing at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, your father's name is Flavio Ribeiro. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, man, look at the bright side. You weren't raised in Brazil, so you never had to worry about if the girl you were dating was actually a girl, okay? You escaped that part. <laughs> so. Girl. Carol's like, you don't even look like your brother. She goes, like, your brother's too goofy looking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in terms of the way he's like, he's like, he's like Roger is such a clown and a goofball. I was like, I don't even see that. I was like, nah. it's like most people think we look, most people are not surprised yeah. when they find out we're brothers. We look, we look enough alike. He looks more like my mother than I do. He doesn't look yeah, like my mother. The only thing is, when I first met Roger, I just always thought that you were older. You know, it was just, it was, it was hard to believe that he was the older brother. Yeah, a lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. That's definitely true. So it's like the last time, like that last time we were in, um, that um, you did Age of Quarrel, you know, we right. were at the restaurant, you know, with that bar or whatever. And I'm just sitting there while Roger's talking, especially when he got a little alcohol in the system. I'm just kind of looking like, <laughs> is he really the older brother? Or does Mike just say that to make him feel good? <laughs> <laughs> You know what the funny thing is, is chronologically, yeah, he is the older brother. Now, <laughs> right. In terms of, in terms of responsibility. <laughs> oh, in terms of life experience. Yeah, forget right. about ability. That's night and day. But just in terms of life experience, you know, like, right. like I've experienced a lot of stuff. That's where we, that, that's where we, I think my maturity. You switched around. <laughs> seems like a much higher level of maturity than him, but it's based on life experience. And I've experienced right. a lot of, Roger's one of those guys who's more into being well-researched not yeah. necessarily well experienced. So he'll read 50 right. books on a topic for nothing. 
but he, he, but he, he will use that in place of actual experience. And that's where it becomes a problem because nothing can take the place of actual experience. People are always right. like, yeah, you know, you should learn from other people's mistakes. It's like, yeah, you should, you should try to learn as much as you can from other people's mistakes, no doubt about it. But don't think for a second that you're not going to make mistakes just because of how well researched you are. Life right. is, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do shit. You're going to fuck up. You're going to be like, damn, man, well, I didn't realize I was capable of that. Or I didn't realize I was going to do this. That's just going to happen, man. You know, you can't avoid yeah. that. Yeah. So the, the, the secret sauce and all that is like, how quickly can you recover from that mistake? That's where the sauce is right there. You know? So it's like, you know, just do that. Like I said, fail fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't, don't harp on it. You're like, Oh my, no, no. Hey, hey, learn. Hey, get the lesson. Move on. You don't sit there and harp on it. Is, is that, you know, when you fuck up, you have a tendency to really beat yourself up. Yeah, exactly. Initially, right? Especially if you yeah. really screw up. Go ahead, beat yourself up for a little bit. But after a while, it's time to move the fuck on, use it to be better. You know, you got to flip that experience around. You, you can't dwell on that because that doesn't do you any good. You know, it doesn't change right. what happened and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything to make up for what happened either. You're, you're just feeling guilty or you're feeling shame. And that's okay initially, but that's got to lead to some kind of positive action at some point. Right. Oh, man. Okay. We, we've gone on a bit with this one, man. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't really touch, we didn't even touch the surface on all these horrible ass songs. We might have to do a part two because there's still a lot. I still wanna, there's a few <laughs> more I wanted to drop. We just didn't get to it. But uh, yeah, man, this, this, this was fun. I wanted to do this episode when, like, when you were doing the, um, the IG live and I saw this, I was like, you know what? We definitely have to do an episode of, some of these worst songs. Why? Because we just spent the last three weeks talking about death, the last three episodes. <laughs> so as I asked, we need to lighten it up just a little bit now. You know? <laughs> so I was like, let's turn this around. It's, it's summer. It's right now at the time. It's June right now. It's summertime. It's like, okay, let's, let's kind of lighten the load now. Let's not go into summer all melancholy at this point. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what better way than think of some of probably some of the most of these songs were released during the summer. So here's the thing, folks, it's summer now. Be weary of all the cheesy songs that are about to come out, especially because now the company, the country's opening back up almost full scale all around. Now people are going to be so freaking happy to be out. And they've been sitting around in the house just doing shit to keep themselves entertained. And a lot of those people are people who are like creatives and they're making dumbass songs because they were in lockdown. So, and these things are going to become hits, which means eventually they're going to become some of the worst songs ever. And they're going to be on this list that we're talking about for just 10 years from now, maybe five. So be careful. You've been bored. You've been locked up. You're going to think these songs, well, the song's not that bad until a few years down the line. You can think like, that song was shitty. That's how we celebrated coming out of the pandemic to that dumbass song. So this is just a reminder because a lot of these songs we talked about came out during the summer. And we all we were just so happy to be out of school or whatever. And and you wouldn't you weren't even really paying attention how terrible these songs were. Well, some of them, yeah, you did. And you realize, like, oh come on, you're ruining my my vacation. So that's what we want you guys to do. Get out, enjoy yourselves now. I mean, it's been a hell of a year and a half at this point. <laughs> so better yet, it's been the longest two weeks of your life <laughs> to, to, to sit there and sit there and flatten the spread. But here we are. So yeah, we just kind of want to do something a little lighthearted and have some fun at the expense of some of these shitty songs <laughs> because, Hey man, they exploited us by making us have to hear them all the time, everywhere we go. <laughs> so it's only fair. <laughs> so, Definitely. so yeah, man. So yeah, who knows? We might do part two on the next episode and who knows, but yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap it up though, man. Good place to wrap it up. Sounds good to me. 
All right, folks, we'll catch you guys on the next episode, people. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressive show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on Facebook as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care everybody.